Do you have a targeted podcast interview strategy to profit at a higher rate? What if you're guesting on the wrong shows or your implementation is not serving your goals? Then you definitely need to listen to this episode as I chat with podcast guesting icon, author, and founder of Interview Valet, Tom Schwab. We covered so much, like why podcast guesting is not the goal, how your why matters, tips on being a great guest, and how to get more ROI from your podcasting strategy. So let's take a listen. So, hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, (laughs) who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey everyone. I am super stoked. I've been following Tom Schwab forever and love interview valet. And I've had so many interaction with his team who are bar none amazing. And of course, for those that don't know, Tom, he is the founder and CEO and chief evangelist officer of interview valet author of two amazing books, which we'll get into as well. And um, you're just like an icon in the podcast guesting industry. So I'm super stoked to have you on. Well, Lindsay, it's great to be here. Um, You know, I always say my microphone makes me sound good. My team makes me look good. I know you're so awesome. Um, And so we've been um, practically had a whole interview before the interview even started because we were chatting so much. (laughs) But um, I love that um, being a leader in the space, you put out a state of podcast guesting um, report and want to touch upon that quickly just to kind of lay that foundation of what's going on in the industry and then kind of dive in how people can get more ROI from their podcast guesting and all that good stuff. Yeah. And we've been doing this now for over eight years, worked with over a thousand clients on 50,000 interviews. Wow. And- I'm a geek. I'm an engineer by degree. So we keep data on everything. And every year we present the the state of podcast guesting where we pull all the data. You know, everybody's got an opinion. And if you get a couple data points, it's like, well, that's interesting. But if you get, you know, tens of thousands of data points each year, you can start making some decisions, making some trends and, and see where the uh, where the industry is going. And so we see that you know, for ourselves, we share that with our clients, but we also share that with the community because we want everybody to get better. And I, every year I challenge people, Hey, share your data too. Um, mm-hmm. because we can all get better with that. And some Absolutely. of the things that data is power, right? Like mm-hmm. you can change and pivot and go down a better path with that data. And without the data, you're just making, you know, uh, wild guesses. Yeah. So, you know, um, everybody's got an opinion, but some of the things that came out in that study was, you know, people say, well, what's the most common platform for podcast interviews? And most people will say, well, I use this, right? That wasn't the question. The question, what's the most common? And before COVID, Zoom was about one out of three podcast interviews were done over Zoom. Now go ahead after COVID. So this last year, over 70% of them were done with Zoom. It's easy. Everybody knows that, um, knows how to use it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some other platforms that record locally, you know, like Squadcast, Riverside, um, uh, Zencaster. Um, those are growing also. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we're seeing too is podcast now means video, right? Before yeah. COVID, less than one out of five podcasts included video. Now it's That's about 75%. Yeah, that is a very interesting statistic. And I always even like say to my clients who are podcasting, like use the video portion because it's great content. You can use it in so many different ways on Instagram reels and like pull it apart. It's like, why not leverage that? So it's interesting that that, that statistic is so like polarized, like it's so different. And it changes how you show up because you can repurpose that content in so many different ways. You know, YouTube is one of the biggest search engines Mm -hmm. now for podcasts. You can put podcasts on Facebook, uh, all these different ways. But as we work with guests, uh, I always tell them, you know, a few years ago, you updated your microphone so that you would sound professional. Mm -hmm. It's past time to update the video because you want to look professional because as people see you, you don't want to look at dated. The other thing is that we judge things by how they compare, right? So I guarantee you the host is going to show up looking good mm-hmm. and sounding good, right? They're going to have uh, a professional microphone. They're going to have their lighting, right? Um, so as a guest, you want to do the same thing because if people see the host showing up as very professional and you don't sound good or don't look good, you just killed your credibility there. And I always, always say it's like going, being invited on somebody's physical stage. Yeah. You wouldn't, sh- you wouldn't show up uh, with your That's hair not sure. combed um, and just winging it. And I think a lot of people now think, well, I've been on lots of zoom calls, right? It's just a podcast interview. I'll wing it. And that's the quick way to get a bad reputation and then wonder how come I'm not converting. Agreed. And I like how you can, um, referred to a stage because really it's a virtual stage and those, how you show up absolutely matters. I still have, you know, in the past had guests where it's, you know, the background or in a sweatshirt and I'm kind of like, hmm? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I would never do that. <laughs> well, we see it with clients coming in, right? We interview every client mm-hmm. that comes in and I can remember years ago, um, there was a woman that came on and um, she was an executive coach. She was dressed nicely behind her was a credenza with some tulips. And you know what? The, the color of the tulips matched the book on the other side. Mm. It was perfect. It was spot on. And this was for, you know, a sales call with us. Now the, uh, the same day, there was a coach that we're talking to um, and he had the lap his computer on his lap, looking up, there was a halo behind him from a light. Mm. Um, and he just didn't look professional. And when I heard the rates, you know, her rate was probably 10 times as much as his. And I looked at that and I thought, I don't know what quality of coach you are, but you just communicated to me what you think your quality and what your value is. She presented herself professionally and I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that. And the way he presented himself, he could be great, but yeah. we, we judge people by what they sound, what they look like. And um, it just communicated the value there. I know it's so impactful. 
Um, what was one of the most surprising findings from your report? I think probably one of the most surprising factors is that we've gone back to what it was pre-COVID, right? So during COVID, we saw lots and lots of podcasts pop up, mm. right? We went from like a million podcasts to over 2 million, but most of, most of them died out really, yeah. really quickly. We saw the most common day for a podcast during COVID. And by COVID, I mean, 2020 mm-hmm. was any day that ended in Y, right? <laughs> we, we, we had nothing else to do. So yeah. the times between invitation and the recording was very, very short, but people got so many in the queue that the time between, um, between recording and going live just extended out for months oh, and wow. months. So now what we're seeing is that we're going back to what it was like before. And you've seen other people, um, um, Libsyn, when they, when they uh, released their numbers on downloads, mm-hmm. they that said it sense. was a similar thing there too. So that, that is a good thing for me. Um, and I think a good thing for the industry to realize yeah. that we're back on track here. Yeah, I know. I don't know about you, but I always get asked the question, you know, is it too late to the party? Is the, is the market saturated? And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. And it's interesting because you'll hear people say there's 2.6 million podcasts out there. Well, that is true, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a little asterisk out there. Less than 450,000 have actually published in the last 30 days. Most podcasts die within the first 10 episodes. Yeah. It's called pod fade in the industry. Totally. So, um, there's there's no need for another junkie podcast that's going to die, but a quality podcast, mm-hmm. you see uh, people starting those all the time. And um, the better the quality, the more traction they get with that. Absolutely. And consistency is so key. Now, you mentioned pod fade and people think of obviously the hosts, new shows being consistent and fading off and quitting. Do you see the same thing happening in the guesting side of things? Like, is there a pod fade within guesting that, you know, guests try it for a month and then peter out? We've seen that. And for different people, it makes sense to do that. So we work with a lot of authors. Um, Last year, we helped four books get uh, on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. So if all you're trying to do is hit that list or launch that course, yeah, then it makes sense. Just that do a, sense. a lot that drop plus or minus a week when it launches. That makes sense. For some clients that we work with, especially if they're small, it's not so much guest fade, but the thing is, is they've, they've sold out of their inventory, right? So if you're oh. a coach and you're, you've got a limited number of, of spots there, often we'll work with coaches or consultants and they come back to us after, you know, a campaign and our campaigns are typically six months. And they're like, I don't have any more capacity. Right. Uh, Which is, which is nice. I always tell them to keep promoting the interviews they've done so that they can stay out there and stay fresh there. But for most clients, when we're doing campaigns, they'll start a six month campaign. We learn during that what works, what doesn't, yes. and we keep double, doubling down. And they might bring in different speakers, right? If it's a brand, they might bring in additional speakers to talk about different things. Um, or we'll know based on the data, again, the, what podcast interviews worked best for them mm-hmm. and say, let's double down on this niche. Because it's not just, it's not about the podcast interview. It's about 
the results you get from it. And the podcast interview is a portion of that, but it's just a portion of what you're trying to get. You know, we always say that, you know, this is marketing. If it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And if you just want to go on podcasts for an ego thing, well, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But if you want to get real business results with it, you've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a system to do, uh, to actually get reproducible results. And then also understand why you got those results so you can get them again. I love that. And I find we were kind of talking beforehand how people are just, oh, I just need to get on a show. I need to get on shows, as many shows as possible and so forth. And you may not get the results that you want because you're not looking at the data and you're not leveraging those opportunities. And just like you said just a minute ago is that, you know, the goal is not to get on a bunch of shows because you don't want to be on a show for the sake of being on a show. You want it to drive your business forward. Um, So when you're trying to figure out like, okay, how do I figure out the ROI of my podcast guesting? Like, what would you share with a client? I I would say, first of all, what is a value to you, right? Mm -hmm. We've got some clients that are doing it just for SEO value, right? So you can tell very quickly what backlinks you're getting, right? And with those clients, you know, you say, hey, do you want to be on the Tim Ferriss show or do you want to be on an undergraduate podcast at Harvard University with 100 listens? Well, they'll say, give me the backlink from harvard.edu. So some people will look at it from that value. Other ones Mm -hmm. will look at it from the content, right? They're trying to repurpose that content. What most clients are doing it is trying to figure out what cost of lead acquisition is or cost of customer acquisition is. And the thing is, is most people have no idea because they're not attributing the traffic. They don't know where it came from. And so there's some things that you can do, like send people to a dedicated welcome page Mm -hmm. so that you know the traffic came from there to ask them when they buy or when you have a discovery call, hey, how'd you find out about us? Because that way you can close that loop to figure out what the return on investment is. Um, We've worked with a lot of publicly traded companies and I love them because they can, they can show us their, their cost of lead acquisition and cost of customer acquisition, you know, down to the penny and show us how it it, uh, varies with other channels. Now, granted, if, if, uh, if I ever shared that or talked about it, um, I'd also get to meet their lawyers, uh, which I don't want to (laughs) do, but we worked with a, a client, uh, Craig Cody, he's a CPA. And he tracked all of his numbers. Yeah. And a couple of years ago at PodFest, from the stage, he shared this so I can share it. He said at one year, he saw a 600% return on investment. And at two years, he saw 1,200%. And then he'd also say, well, that discounts the future value of the customer because with his customers, they're with them, you know, five or six years. You're not changing a CPA, you know, every 90 days. No. And I know Craig and I was, uh, he was on my show years ago. (laughs) So it's funny that you mentioned him. Yeah. He has been crushing it with his podcasting strategy for sure. Um, And so, and I've had this with uh, a, a client of mine as well, where being on certain types of podcasts can really affect your ROI. Again, like I've always said, you don't want to be just on any podcast. Um, you know, so how do you work with your clients to figure out what kind of podcasts are going to get you that higher ROI? Mm -hmm. And I would say, um, 
some podcasts can actually hurt you, right? Because you're you're judged by your affinity there. If you're selling a high high ticket item mm-hmm. and somebody Googles you and they find your last podcast interview and it was on, I call them Wayne's World podcasts, right? <laughs> Two guys in their mom's basement, that will kill the deal. Yeah. So the algorithm that we use, and after eight years, it's a lot of experience. Um, it's a lot of art, but then we also license a lot of databases now. So mm-hmm. we've got the data with it too, but we're really looking at four things. And it's not so much the podcast as the audience, right? Don't talk about what podcast I want to be. Let's talk about what audience I want to speak to. So the first thing we look at is the podcast itself, right? Often the listeners will be like the host or aspire to be like the host, right? If you want a female audience, they're probably going to be more likely to be with a female host and vice versa, right? We had one client came to us and they wanted to focus on C-level executives uh, in Fortune 500 companies. Said, oh, we can definitely do that. And then they said, oh, I want to be on this podcast. And it was a great podcast, right? But I said, do you really think a C-level executive is going to start out or listen to a podcast that starts out with, yo, 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 this is TS and I'm here with LP. (laughs) And he's like, no. And I'm like, great podcast, but not for you. It's like, um, like fishing for sharks and going to Lake Michigan. Yeah. Um, It's not going to work. Right. So look at the podcast first. The next thing to look at is the website. Mm -hmm. When they've got show notes, it's much more discoverable for the long term. Also, you get that backlink, which is so vital for your SEO. And if they've got the content there, you can also repurpose that. Mm-hmm. So we've got the podcast, the website. The third thing to look at is the reach. And the reach is how many people are going to hear you. And that's not just downloads, right? It's also social media. Yeah. Are they promoting it? Are they promoting it to their email list? And then finally, the fourth thing to look at is brand affinity right? We're judged by the company we keep. So would you be proud if one of your customers heard you on this podcast? You know, Mm -hmm. five years ago, um, you could be on any podcast, nobody would ever find it, right? But now often your last video or your last podcast appearance will come up in the searches. And I can think of, we were working with a, um, a company that was doing their initial public offering and they were using podcast is a roadshow and to get out there in front of investors, get the brand out there. And I can still remember we do a walkthrough interview with every guest to make sure that they're set. And this CEO said, Hey, you know, my assistant was um, saying that the, the Joe Rogan podcast is a good one. And then I should be on Joe Rogan. And this was the week after um, Elon Musk had been on there and uh, smoked a joint right? No, no judgment. It's legal in that state, all the rest of that. But I asked the CEO, I said, would you be comfortable on that? And he's like, I would get fired as the CEO if I was on that podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. That's why we'd never put you on it. I said, I would never put you on a podcast with a comedian. And and he paused and he goes, and that's why we hired you to find Mm -hmm. our podcasts and not my assistant. Agreed. You are speaking my language, Tom. Everything that you just said, I'm like, yes, (laughs) it's so true. And it's like, 
there's so much more to think about in the strategy than finding a show to be on. Well, so much you more. did that. You did that episode the other day about seven tips for podcast guesting. And I loved it because I, I, I promoted that one because it talks about getting more out of every interview. We get so many people that come and I, I blame the industry for this too, where they're just saying more, more, more podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're charging per podcast and you don't want more podcasts. You want to do more with yeah. every podcast. And you talked about repurposing, promoting, um, following them, engaging them, Mm -hmm. this idea of just showing up for, you know, as many um, blind dates as you can and thinking it's going to grow your business. No. Uh, In fact, if anything, it will hurt your business. We we worked with a, uh, we almost worked with a client um, that came to us and they, they had done a podcast tour um, with another company and they just went out there and talked about their new product and, got on a lot of shows and they came back to us and said, you know, we've heard good things about interview valet. We'd like to work with you. Well, we vet all of our clients. So we reached out to some of the podcast hosts that they'd been on. And the consistent message we heard was negative because these people showed up for the interview, uh, never did any follow-up, never mm-hmm. did any promotion. They just used and abused the audience. Yeah. And so they had already had a bad reputation in podcasting. There was no way they were going to get invited back to these shows. And, and some of them were top shows. And the Crazy. other thing that we know too, is that podcast hosts talk to podcast hosts. Yes, they do. And <laughs> uh, I said, unless, you know, you can, can tell us and commit to us that you're going to promote every interview, uh, that you're going to, um, uh, you know, help the host on this. I said, we don't work with you. Yeah. And that's been a a litmus test for a lot of clients. And they're like, no, I just, you know, uh, I just want to go on the show. And now that doesn't Mm -hmm. align with who we are or our mission, because our mission is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders Mm -hmm. to millions of people they could serve for the betterment of all. And so if you're not getting that betterment of all, if you're not promoting it, if you're not helping the audience and serving the host, then no judgment, but we're not the right company. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'm obviously I don't have the client bases you do just because I have a different service, but I'm super picky on who I work with. It's like, I want that relationship. I want you know, to know them and like them as a human being. And even when like we're guesting on shows or I have obviously people like you on the show, it's like, I love that relationship part and like having a conversation and, you know, it's not like I'm going to ignore you after today and be like, oh, he's been on my show. I'm good. (laughs) Like, I just don't roll that way. Um, I just love that relationship part of the guesting you know, and hosting. And I think a lot of people discount that. I know it was surprising for me when I first got into podcasting. I never really gave it much thought until I was kind of in it. Very much so. And I think it's, there's the evolution, right? Mm -hmm. Where people just will say podcasting. I just, I just want to podcast. Well, there's a lot more than goes into it than going in front of Mike and hit and record. Yeah. I, I want to be a guest. Well, there's a lot more that goes into it. You know, we always ask our clients, what's your, what's your goal? And most of them come back initially and say to get on podcasts. I'm like, no, 
that's that's not a goal. You know, you don't need us for that. Um, you can yeah. get on a, a podcast in the next 10 minutes, right? Put a, a thing on Facebook. And they're like, well, that won't grow my business. Okay. So growing your brand, growing your business, mm-hmm. that's the goal. And, you know, if, if the host is has access to that audience, why wouldn't you want to have a relationship with them? Yeah. Because they could be your best um, partner. They could be your best yeah. referral source. Um, you know, uh, I think of uh, there's a podcast out there called Nice Guys on Business and DJ Doug Sandler's the host. And I remember something he told me years ago. He said on a podcast, you never have to promote yourself. He said, if you do a good job, that host will promote you better than you ever could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's my favorite part. It's like there's people that I've had on my show that I am like creating a course with and we're friends and like Facebook message and like they're on other sides of the world. And I'm like, that is just the coolest thing ever. It just it makes it so much fun. It does. And it's, it's a great referral source. Yeah. Right? 70% of our clients come from referrals. That's either from current clients, mm-hmm. podcast hosts, uh, marketing agencies, PR agencies. They're a lot better clients. It's much easier. Yeah. Um, and I would much rather do that than um, what I see so many people. It's like, you know, throwing Facebook ads up there, or we've got the, the five day challenge or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, one of our clients came to us and he was a high end coach. And I asked him, well, why do you want to do podcast interviews? And he's like, because everything else that I see out there, he said to me, reminds me of advertising above the urinals. And I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean by that? And he's like, None of my clients are going to hire me because they saw me on a Facebook ad. They're not going to hire me because they saw my picture above the urinal or on a, yes. uh, a park bench. He's like, you know, whale, that's that old thing. Whales don't click and big fish don't swim through funnels. It takes that conversation. Yeah. And he realized that's what he needed to get out there in front of his clients. Good for him for knowing that. Um so how do you coach your clients? Again, I'm sure many of them come to you like, oh, I just want to, you know, be a guest, but you have to like dig deeper to like discover what their why is and discover what their goals, like what should newbies that are wanting to get into guesting, what should their goals be? And I'm assuming some should be very concrete. Well, I think you should start with the goal, right? What, why are you doing this? And I would say this for any marketing channel, when people say, you know, you need to be on clubhouse, you need to be on TikTok. Well, why Yeah, is your audience there? Right. Start, start with why, um, Simon Sinek's book there. What are you trying to do? Why, why are you there in the first place? And then come back and say, well, is this consistent with my brand? Is it consistent with my marketing? Do my customers listen to podcasts? Mm -hmm. Um, do they need to have that conversation? And I think it's having goals for that and understanding that yourself will help you pick the podcast. Yeah. And then when you're on the podcast to actually talk about things that move people along from being just a passive listener to an active visitor, to an engaged lead. So many times I'll hear somebody on a podcast interview and you know, it's a great conversation, but they start going off on tangents here and tangents there. And I'm like, is that helping your business? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is, is that if if a marketing company did that for you, would you be happy with them? But yet you're doing it. 
So yeah. I think starting, starting with why you're there and, you know, to bring that value, to bring that expertise. And there's a lot of people we talk to and we're like, yeah, this won't work for you. And there's some things like if you're very geographically um, restricted, mm-hmm. right? I know some great companies here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I would not tell them to do podcasts because if you can't drive the yeah. 10 miles to them, you're not going to be a customer. So why would you do that? Um, other ones could be if it's a very, very low cost commodity product, you know, I don't have to know the story behind it. I don't have to know your philosophies, the, the mm-hmm. history of the company. It's just a commodity. So you don't need to be out there. Yeah. If the more the value, the lifetime value, the customer is the more important that is. And then a lot of times we'll, we call them discovery calls, right? It's almost like um, we look at it as coming to an emergency room and the doctor's got to ask you all these questions to figure out what the problem is. And there's certain times where we'll talk with people and like, yeah, you don't have a a website. You've got no place to send people to. Uh, You've got no um, social media. The the first thing a host is going to do is say, you know, who is this guy, Tom Schwab? And if you're in the witness protection plan, um, it's, (laughs) they're not going to say yes. And even if they do, you know, because Lindsay was nice, she knows me. Well, if somebody listens right now and they, they Google me and they can't find me, that just kills all the expertise. Um, other times it's like, uh, often we'll talk with somebody and they're like, yeah, I want to get out on podcasts and you start talking with them. And they're like, yeah, I've got a book coming out. Um, you know, in, in six months, I'm like, I would wait a little bit, right. Why don't you tie it to that book? Yeah. Um, there's that timing. You don't want to talk about it too early. Um, cause nobody's going to pre-order the book six months before. So we'll work with them on, on that to try to figure out the best timing and also, what are realistic goals for that point? And I love that. Like you're so strategic on looking at the big picture versus just getting on a show because it can make or break. And like you said, there's some people where it's not a fit. Even for me, I've had people come to launch a podcast and I'm like, you know, asking various questions. And I'm like, honestly, not that I don't want to your business and launch your show, but I actually think podcast guesting would you know, take you further than launching a show. So it's like exact same thing. There's, there's the, the why and being strategic with your business and long-term. So I love that you look into all of those pieces. And I don't think it's even, um, either, or right. It's not podcast yeah. guesting or hosting because there's a lot of people will say we've working with them. And it's like, now's the time for you to launch your own podcast. Yeah. Right. I always look at it as like, um, Uber, right. People say, well, should I be an Uber driver or an Uber passenger? Same great platform. Right. Yeah. But what are your goals? So if you're a podcast guest, it's a great way to go out there and get new exposure to get mm-hmm. new leads. Right. Once you have those, then being a host is a great way to, um, to nurture those leads, to nurture your current customers. But the idea that I, nobody knows who I am and I'm going to go out and start a podcast. I I think if they have no list, they have no following, that's going to be really tough. You know, if you build it, they will come. No. And even, you know, you can point to people that might've done that seven or eight years ago Mm -hmm. when there weren't as many podcasts, right? If you Mm -hmm. hit new and noteworthy, your podcast was going to take off. Yeah. It does. It doesn't happen anymore. No. 
So true. And I think part of the puzzle is like setting those expectations. Um, do you ever get clients coming to you with unrealistic expectations and you kind of have to go through that? Very much so. Yeah. And we, we talk about that from the very beginning. Because you said something about, well, you want their business. It's like, no, I want their long-term business yes. and I want them to be happy. I, I want them to bring more clients to us. But yeah, some people uh, come and they think bigger is better, right? And they're like, well, I don't understand why I can't be on, you know, Brene Brown, Tim Ferriss and, <laughs> uh, and Oprah, you know, do you know who I am? I just, I just wrote a book. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't know who you are. Yeah. The other, the other ones, um, um, are trying to explain to them what podcasting is. Um, I can remember one client and she, she was, we thought everything was going great, right? We get the onboarding done in the first week. We were probably two and a half weeks on it. And we got on a podcast that was top 5%, right? Perfect audience. And I think her interview was um, Monday. She called me on Friday, irate, because they hadn't gotten a single visit, a single lead, uh, a, a single customer out of it. Mm. And I, I said, well, it hasn't gone live yet. And she said, what do you mean? Well, it was recorded on Monday, right? But it hadn't gone live yet. And she, she thought it was more like radio and we didn't explain that to her. Right. So the it's on us. But then the other thing was that trying to educate people because she came back and she said, I don't understand why, you know, I'm only in front of 10,000 people on a podcast. And I'm like, well, that's a large podcast. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, it isn't. She's like the other day I was on a radio show and I was heard by 4 million people. And I said, what radio show was that? And she said, I don't know. It was some, some station out of Indianapolis. I'm like, well, they had a reach of 4 million, right? They, not everybody was listening to that station at that time. Right. So this means, you know, this podcast had 10,000 people and, you know, the, the data shows that 70% of those people listen to the very end. Yeah. Right? And I, I said, have you ever been on a stage in front of 10,000 people? Well, no, I, I would never. Right. It's like, well, you were there. So, yeah. you know, fast forward about uh, six weeks, that was the happiest customer when it actually went live. Yeah. Um, and you know, all the, the traffic that she got from it, the leads, the customers, awesome. but it's really educating people about what Absolutely. it is and to set their expectations there. Absolutely. And that, that way you're setting yourself up and you personally are like setting up your clients for success to understand the process, <clears throat> the expectations. And a lot of people don't realize that it's like a long-term game and it is evergreen and it all stacks upon each other and it builds like, yeah, you get leads and you'll get sales or referrals, but there's also like the authority and influence and credibility and like all those soft, fluffy things, but they make a difference in your business. Oh, very much so. And I don't know if it's evergreen, right? I don't know if it's going to last forever, mm -hmm. but it's got to be as good as a can of soup, right? Three to oh, five yeah. years, <laughs> right? We've got, we've been doing it for eight years and we still get clients that say, you know, I got a, a, a new customer off an interview that I did five or seven years ago uh -huh. and it's new to them. But there's another thing as a guest, be careful of what you say, 
right? Mm -hmm. Don't wish somebody a Merry Christmas um, because it might be two days before the holiday when you're recording, but if it goes live in February, um, it's going to sound weird. You know, even with COVID, we, we talked with all of our clients and said, be careful, right? Uh, Don't make any predictions Mm -hmm. and be careful what you call it, right? Because early on, what's it going to be called? Is it going to be called COVID, Corona, the China flu, whatever. (laughs) And if you call it the wrong thing with time, that could sound very, very bad because it's going to have different connotations. So, you know, uh, we said, talk about, you know, make it generic in challenging times like this, you know, the pandemic, whatever it is, things that are timely, but also Mm -hmm. timeless. Such good insight. And it's like, we've covered a lot in a little while, (laughs) (laughs) but I just, again, I, I just want people that are starting into guesting is to understand the whole strategy behind it. Um, so that they can be set up uh, for success. So I so appreciate your input and your experience and all the data that you've curated over the years. It's super useful for the industry. Well, I always say what what we do is not magic and it's not a secret, right? It's a process. It's a system. Um, We do it with excellence. Uh, but you know, I, I publicly share everything we do, everything we learn, uh, put a book out there, uh, actually two books that, that sort of talk about why we do it yeah. and then how we do it. So, uh, I always, you know, um, share that with people and a lot of people follow it to the T they follow the recipe and they get great results. Other people look at it and say, well, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things here. Can you just do it for me? Can, yeah, yeah. can I be me. the guest? Will you take care of the, the rest? Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of your books, we didn't quite get to that yet, but can you at least share um, what they are, where to find them? And of course, where people can go to find more resources about guesting. So I'm not here to sell anything. And I would advise people don't ever sell on a podcast interview. If you want a free copy of the, if you want to buy the book, it's on Amazon. If you want a free copy, the book is called Podcast Guest Profits how to grow your business with the targeted interview strategy. It's the playbook that we use. And then I had a follow-on book called um, One Conversation Away, which is more the strategy of Mm -hmm. why it works, why we do it. Um, And I'll I'll just put all of those if you want at interviewvalet.com forward slash leverage. And here's, here's pulling back the curtain on it. Best practice, always send people to a dedicated welcome page. You want to see what a welcome page looks like? Interviewvalet.com forward slash leverage. When you go there, it's going to be the artwork from the podcast, right? There's some boilerplate text, my picture, and then give people three ways to say yes, right? A small yes, right? For us, it's there's an assessment, 10 questions. Will podcast interview marketing work for you? The medium, yes, is the book, right? It's it's a more of an investment of time on your part. Mm-hmm. And then finally, if somebody hears you on a podcast and they're like, oh, Lindsay is amazing. She works with people like me. She helps people like me. She's the answer to my prayers. <laughs> well, don't slow them down in a funnel, right? If they come with Fair credit enough. card in hand uh, to talk with the wizard, let them talk with the wizard. So we always put, you know, there's a link there to uh, my calendar, right? If you want to talk, if you want to do a discovery call, how you could use this, how we could help you, all of that will be there just at interviewvalet.com 
com forward slash leverage. Perfect. And yeah, I love sharing resources with people. I just want people to get on the right track and succeed. So you have done that in a nutshell today and more. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and your insight. Um, and everyone should read your articles and follow you. And um, yeah, you're a gem. Thanks, Lindsay. All right. Bye, everyone. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.